Ah, uh, here we go, folks. Tenth caller wins that wonderful gift certificate from Sorgles, 412-922-1020. It is the Doug Oster edition of The Organic Gardener, DougOster.com, part of Rob Pratt Sunday, Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. And if you have a question for Doug about gardening and who doesn't with the temperature already at 70 degrees, you could be out there digging in the dirt right now. Call us at 866-391-1020. So, Doug, did you ever think during the inches and inches of snow that we got this past winter that we'd finally be discussing warm weather and even so much so to say it's 70 degrees at 707 in the a.m. Good morning. Good morning. Do you like it when it's hot like this or do you like it cooler? I love the hot weather, Doug. I always oh. have. I can't handle it. I know, I know, I know. It's too early for the plants, but this forecast looks good. I I like the idea of rain coming. (laughs) You know, this is... uh... This for me is 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 what I'm looking at for planting. You know, I've got some plants that I've moved out of the greenhouse. I've got them sitting out there, hardening them off and getting ready to, to to put them in. And I think at the end of the day today, as that rain is forecasted, that's when I want to plant. So I'm always looking for clouds. You know, whenever I put anything in the ground, I give it a little bit of a depression so that it can hold that water and then always mulch uh, because I want to I want that soil to stay evenly moist and Keep planting. Today's not the only day to plant. Keep planting throughout the the summer. That's a a good idea. I have a class coming up here Thursday at 4.30, uh, all about that, succession planting. That's a a big part of what I do as a gardener is, you know, especially with tomatoes, to plant some now but keep planting, you know, through June. And those plants, they love the, the warm soil temperatures. They love the warm air temperatures. And we're going to have some warm air temperatures today. And it's the day for our 18th annual Doug Oster Plant Swap and Garden Hullabaloo at Sorgles today at 11 a.m. And, boy, I've been talking to lots of people. I'm excited to have this back, uh, you know. Very thankful that Randy Sorgles invited us uh, back to do this because it's just going to be busy today, you know. Uh, today is, is one of the busiest days at any uh, garden center and nursery but we're going to be back together. We're going to be trading plants at 11 o'clock today at Zorgles, and I have lots of stuff to give away. One of the tomatoes is called Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top Tomato. I've been giving it away since 2000, and it is a, a heirloom variety that Fred Limbaugh, who has uh, passed probably four or five years ago, maybe even longer, but he was he was a great gardener. And he grew this tomato. His father grew this tomato. His grandfather grew this tomato. And he would give the plants away as a streetcar conductor and as uh, later a a pat bus driver. And he turned me on to this one, and it's just big, meaty, thin-skinned. It's the last one you'll pick. You know, it'll be the end of the summer. You don't don't plant all Limbaugh Legacy. Uh, You plant early, mid-season, and late. Uh, But this is a great tomato, and the idea is that you grow it out, and then you send me back some seeds at the end of the year. I have uh, instructions that uh, I give you with the plant. Uh, we have got some other really cool tomato plants to give away, a courtesy of a place called Angora Gardens. That's a wellness center out in White Oak. I've done a couple stories on them, but it's the 3945 tomato. I've got plants from them uh, and some out of my greenhouse. That's the tomato that uh, Pittsburgher found on the battlefield of World War II, saved some seeds, brought it back here, grew them out, and they've been growing them ever since. That 3945 is a cool tomato and lots of history there. I've got 
Mexican sunflowers to give away. You know how much I love Mexican sunflowers. I'm always talking about them. So when you come, you have to know that you might have to walk a ways with your plants. So just keep that in mind. You know, you might have to go back and forth to the car. You need to park in the back. So you use what's called the delivery entrance, and you kind of just drive around to the back of, of the property. They'll be parking back there. Um, we're not going to start any sooner than 11 a.m. Uh, sometimes in the past when I've done this, people start trading, but I'm going to be there early. I'm going to stop you from trading until we start at 11 a.m. We'll be done by noon, so be there at 11 o'clock. Uh, and then spend some time at that nursery. Uh, sorghums, their plants, food, uh, animals, ice cream, there's lots to do there. It is an amazing place, and that's our thank you to Randy Sorgel for letting us come and do this. Uh, so today, 11 a.m. at Sorgos, we're going to have so much fun trading plants. Um, I do have a couple trips coming up if you're interested. Uh, I've talked a lot about Croatia. I'm leaving leaving for Croatia in July. I still have space left. Uh, if you'd like to be on a, 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 a private cruise ship with us, 36 people, and go along the Adriatic Sea for seven of the 12 days of the trip, we're going to see all of Croatia. But there's another one coming up. Uh, the next trip is going to be Costa Rica, and it's in February, and you can learn all about it as I'm doing a webinar this Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Um, Costa Rica has the best price point I've ever had on a trip, and I've always wanted to see Costa Rica. It's a flora and fauna trip. It is a tropical paradise. All the details about that webinar Tuesday, 6 o'clock, are at dougoster.com. And if you have a gardening question you can't get through, it's going to be busy today. Uh, I'll answer questions after the show. Just go to DougOster.com. And later on, Mrs. Know-It-All will be explaining the right way to water, and this is the good time to do it. I've been doing some watering in this heat, that's for sure, perfect timing. So we'll talk to her a little later, and uh, I'd love to talk to you today. Give us a call, 866-391-1020. Rob, you got any callers waiting? We can squeeze you know, in for a couple minutes. You know what? we got to get to a break, but I'll tell you, it must be the sign that it is the gardening season because we've already got a dollar bank instant access. And before we get too deep into the hour, I want to give this to you so we can get an answer for a listener who is listening today, Lauren. And she says, hey, Doug, I have a weed that has four leaflets every three inches up the stalk and is very fast growing and very sticky. It breaks off when I pull, but not sure how to get rid of this. It hurts my skin and sticks to my gloves. Any thoughts? Yeah, my guess would be that would be uh, something called bed straw. There's a lot of other names for it, and the best way to deal with that sticky weed is actually get down to the bottom and just pull that one out. You know, there's lots of different ways to deal with weeds. Some weeds we don't pull, we just cut, but on bed straw, and you'll see that a lot this time of the year. Uh, some people call it like, yeah, the stickiness of it is kind of the indicator of what it is, and I've got it in my garden, and just, yeah, get to the bottom, wear gloves, because it, it can't hurt, uh, and just pull it out. That's an easy way to do it. And, you know, if you've got Japanese knotweed, bindweed, or uh, Canadian thistle with those white roots, don't pull those. Just cut those to the, to the ground. That, that's the way to deal with those, and you'll exhaust them. You know, you have to, you have to keep doing it. It's not easy. Uh, but those type of weeds, uh, you don't want to pull because when they have that, that fleshy white root, it just it encourages them to keep going. So whenever I'm dealing with like a Japanese knotweed or those other two, I'm just using my string trimmer and putting, cutting them to the ground over and over again. Uh, 
Uh, weeds are part of gardening, Rob. You got to love a good weed every once in a while. You just, hey, you see a weed, you know it's summertime. It's all good. Short break, we'll come back. We've got Ivan, Donna, Bill, all wanting to talk to this guy. Doug Oster, DougOster.com, the organic gardener on Rob Pratt Sunday, Odyssey 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Yeah, he is here, but he'll also with be, be with me on my show Tuesday, a little after 6. And, Doug, I really have you here because it's Memorial Day weekend, a week from tomorrow, and that's when the fun really gets going. So we're going to preview all of that summer planting season and the flowers that will be blooming soon and what we should be doing as far as tilling the dirt and the soil and the summer season. So it really is Memorial Day, the liftoff as far as summer planting season and enjoying the garden and getting the most out of it, right? Well, Mom said we're not supposed to plant our tomatoes until Memorial Day, and Mom's never wrong, even when she is. So, uh, yes. But, but you're not <laughs> going to tell her. You're not going to tell her she's wrong, right? All right, here we go. No let's, way. Say, let's say hi to Donna in Beaver. Hey, Donna, how you doing? Good morning. I'm well. Good morning. Two questions. One on roses. Um, some of the leaves are healthy. The others, there's some falling off already yellow with black spots. What do I put on those roses? And before you hang up, I have to ask you about curly leaf on viburnum. So go ahead. Okay. So let's start with the roses. If we're already seeing something called black spot, let's just be sure that, it, that, that that's what it is. And, and it sounds like it is, but it seems a little early. But it does happen with, a, a you know, when things get rainy and then it gets hot like this. But there are organic fungicides out there you can use. Black spot doesn't kill a rose. It just makes it ugly and slows it down. Remove that infected foliage, everything that you can, and then start spraying with a, uh, uh, an organic fungicide, and you should get that under control. If that rose always gets black spot, we want to we start that organic uh, uh, fungicide before we see... Uh, signs of damage. And what was the question about the viburnum? Yeah, is um, insecticidal soap okay when you say spray? For the viburnum? No, no, for the roses. When you say no, you we need, no insecticidal soap. That insecticidal soap is for things like sucking insects, like aphids and stuff like that. For the rose, the thing we're dealing with there is is a is a fungal in nature, and so we need a fungicide. Uh, so. Just go to your local nursery and tell them the problem. You're having black spot, and they'll give you an organic fungicide. What was your question about your viburnum? Uh, some of the leaves are healthy, but some are tightly curled. Um, they're not mm. dried up and falling off, but they're they're gnarled and curled. Any any bugs in there where it's curled? I don't see any. I know I haven't seen any. Uh, you know, viburnums are tough. I would just keep an eye on it, see see how it looks, be sure it's getting the water that it needs. And uh, for the most part, it should outgrow that. Thanks very much for your call. All right, let's say hi to Ivan in Wilkinsburg on KDK. Wanting to talk English, Ivy. Hey, Ivan, how are you? Yeah, hi, hi, Rob. Good morning. Hello, Doug. Nice to talk with you. Um, yeah, my my question is t- kind of a two part question as well. It has to do with well, I guess first of all, I I really want to um, try to nurture these. Um, my evergreen, evergreen yew bushes that are in my front yard at the top of the hill. It's kind of an uphill front yard, so they kind of sit in a long row at the top of the front yard. And they're established yew trees, yew bushes that dating back from the 80s and the 70s, uh, lined up in a row. 
And I really want to start feeding them to give them uh, some luster and just to bring them, keep, you know, maintain them, keep them healthy, the, these yew bushes healthy and, and lustrous. In, the second part is in the soil, in the soil bed that, these, that my yew bushes sit in, I've been trying to grow English ivy. My question is, can English ivy share the same bed of soil that evergreen yew bushes are growing in, considering the fact that evergreens, I believe, require an acidic soil, while the English ivy, as far as I know, um, kind of requires a non-acidic or alkaline soil condition. And I want to be able to start feeding both the evergreens and the and the ivy. Just to, um, and I really... I've really never fed them much at all before, but I really want to start getting the the ewes looking nice and. Um, okay, okay. So, so two of them can be can work together. Yeah. That ivy, once it gets started, we say with ivy that uh, the first year it sleeps, second year it creeps, third year it leaps. Uh, yes. And yes. so, if you if you if you want that ivy and you love that ivy, and then uh, the shrubs. You can feed them the same thing. Just uh, I would recommend something called Holly Tone uh, yes. from Espoma, and it's easy to find. It's inexpensive. It's organic. And be sure to follow those application rates. So if you put too much on, it's just it's, you're wasting your money because the plant can't use it. It's very important that you look at those application rates, uh, apply it uh, the right amount uh, for that plant. And those two plants you're talking about are almost indestructible. <laughs> Okay. So when you give them a little bit of that holly tone, uh, they're going to go nuts for you. So uh, okay. you'll be good there. Uh, like I said, both those things, they're happy to grow together. All right, listen, uh, before we get to the break at the bottom of the hour, uh, tell the folks again about what you're doing later today at Sorgal. Oh, man, we are going to have so much fun. Big plant swap. We couldn't do it last year. Today, 11 a.m. at Sorgal's. You might have to walk a ways with your plants, uh, just so you know. You need to park in the back. Use this. There's a big sign that says delivery, uh, and, and you just drive around behind there. And we'll have some tables set up. I've got free tomatoes I'm giving away, uh, Limbaugh Legacy and 3945. I've got Mexican sunflowers. It's going to be so much fun, and there's going to be so many cool plants there. There always are, and we have a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be doing this safely. We're going to be wearing masks. We're going to, you know, keep social distance. But uh, it is going to be so much fun to be back together again. And a big thank you again to Randy Sorgel for letting us come there and do this. All right. Always good to have a chance to uh, get caught up with Doug in person. You'll have a chance to do that later today. You know what? we got about two minutes to the break. We don't have any phone calls. So why don't you give me one listener question that was sent to DougOster.com? All righty, let me, I got them right here, and which one? Okay, I'm new to gardening, and I want to plant tomatoes. I heard you on the show talking about how to plant, but I forgot now. So it's the compost newspaper trick. And so uh, when we're planting anything like tomatoes or peppers, uh, something, a big plant like that, this is an easy way to do it where you're not going to have weeds all season. And so we'll put down a couple inches of compost, then we'll put down some 7 to 10 layers of newspaper, get it wet so it stays in place. You don't want it blowing all over. It's a pain. And then some mulch. Uh, in the vegetable garden, I love straw. And you put that straw over that, and now you just poke holes wherever you want the plants. And you will, like I said, you will not have weeds. That is a great uh, mulch. The newspaper is organic. It will decompose over the year, but it's just the best weed barrier you can have. 
uh, and and it just it makes life so much easier. And every time it rains, that newspaper stays wet and the mulch stays wet. And you're going to have great tomatoes, great peppers, whatever you want to grow in there. All right, sounds good. Listen, coming up after the news at 7.30, we'll get back to your questions. We have all of our lines available, so if you have a question for Doug, call us now at 866-391-1020. Mrs. Know-It-All will be here within about 15 minutes for her bi-weekly visit with Doug. And, of course, right after news at 8 with Josh Roundtree today, we've got uh, the Coons Cooking Hour. Outdoor events, spring parties, gatherings, you know, graduation get-togethers and more. We're going to get to the grill. We're going to get to some great treats, some stuff from the bakery as well. And remember, folks, it is Coons Market. How do you find the one nearest you? Click on CoonsMarket.com. And then, of course, Heffron Tillotson, your money and you, the Penguins, the Pirates, and Phil trying to become the oldest ever to win a manger. All of that today on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show at 11 a.m. It's Rob Pratt Sunday, Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Josh Roundtree next with the news at 730. Good morning. Yeah, he is, and he wants to talk to you. So get on the phones, 866-391-1020. Tenth caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate to the best place on earth, folks. I love what they do at Janoski's in Clinton. They open today at 9 and every day at 9, Route 30 in Clinton, Pennsylvania, 412-922-1020. Here's Nina in Maryland for Doug Oster. Hi, Nina. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. So, Doug, uh, my question is, I have followed your advice about the uh, compost and newspaper and mulch, but uh, now all of my cucumbers, all of my um, squash family, and now even some of my peppers, um, the plants are turning completely yellow. And we haven't had a whole lot of rain, so I don't know if it's rain too much, rain too little, but I'm afraid I'm going to lose my entire garden at this point. So tell me about the compost. Where does the compost come from? Uh, So the compost uh, was delivered by a nursery. Okay, so it's good stuff. I mean, that's our concern is what that is growing in, uh, you know. As long as it's in good compost, the newspaper and mulch, that's, that's not a factor and uh, watering could be the issue. Uh, I would stick my fingers down into that dirt and see what we've got going on there. Is it dry or is it, it could be the other side. I mean, if you, if you have watered, it could be soaking wet. So let's see where that, uh, where that is as far as your moisture. And that should be the thing that's going to, to save you uh, is to figure out that moisture. So tell me about your watering. Uh, most of the time, I just go and water each plant um, with a hose just right down at the base of the plant. Well, that's the right way to do it. And how often have you watered? Uh, probably. We've had about 12 days with no rain. So maybe once a really good soaking and the other times just a little bit. So it may it may be that they're not getting enough water. I'm not sure. The other thing to think about is is where did the plants come from? Is this a are these nursery plants or started from seed or uh, uh they're nursery plants. And okay, and they're from so, several different nurseries. Okay. So my only thought there was that there might be a hardening off issue where they're making having trouble making this transition from being in the greenhouse to being out in the garden. How long ago were they planted? Uh, right around Mother's Day. Okay. 
Well, you know what? I think I'm going to have to ask Mrs. Know-it-all, too, and see what she thinks about it. Uh, my first thoughts are, though, uh, get down into that dirt and see where where the moisture is. If it's, like, really, really dry, you'll know that's the issue. Uh, if not, send me some pictures. Uh, just go to DougOster.com, send me some pictures, and we'll figure things out for you, okay? All right. Next stop is Baldwin. It's Bob on the air for Doug. And coming up after this call, our PGA Championship update. Hey, Paul, uh, Bob, how you doing? Good morning. Hey, good morning, fellas. How are you? Good. Hey, Doug, this is the Onion Whisperer. All right. What's going on? Oh, Onions are great. I love but, it. Hey, I got a question about these peaches. I think I've uh, messaged you about those. They're doing fine. And I noticed a few had some peck marks in them. I believe those might have been cardinals or something like that. But I'm wondering, now that I have so many, do I spray these with something to to keep insects from, I guess, uh, injecting them with, you know, eggs or anything like that to protect these peaches and let them grow without any blemishes? Yeah, I mean, the peaches should. I mean, like like we always say, peaches will break your heart. And uh, they need to be on a, a uh, first off, a fungal uh, regime for, for spraying for fungal diseases because they're, they're, uh, they can have that problem. But also, yeah, there there's several organic controls that you should have in place for the peaches. Uh, but it, it's going to be too complicated to explain over the radio. Uh, do me a favor. Send me a uh, an email, and I'll, I'll get you all the information uh, uh, the peaches, there's all sorts of different insects, and we want to we want to stop them now. And so we want to we want to use these things called pheromone traps that lure them in there and then then trap them. That's the idea for for peaches. And have you have you been able to harvest peaches uh, over the last few years? No, Doug. Uh, like you said, they break our hearts. Uh, a few years we had like maybe 17, and I went out one morning and they were all gone. All right. So oh, they were all gone. Are, yeah, that's probably the deer. Yeah, you know, you know I, but, I always say peaches will break your heart. And then somebody said you can't grow peaches organically. I said, yeah, I could grow them organically fine for the groundhogs. So send me an email. <laughs> we'll go through the entire regime about what to do for your peaches. Okay. All right. Before we get to that PGA Championship update, Doug, tell them about uh, your going on vacation. Say it again. You're going on vacation. Tell the folks about Croatia. Oh, yeah. Jeez, threw me for a loop. No, the heat must really be getting to you, isn't it? My goodness. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Tell them about you going on vacation. Yeah, July. It, it, it's, it's, we're headed to Croatia. I love to take people around the world to see the gardens, and uh, we're going to take a, a private yacht around Croatia. I've waited a long time to do this trip, and it's going to be so much fun. 12-day trip uh, in July. All the details are at DougOster.com. Then I've got another one in February. We're going to Costa Rica and doing a webinar on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, all the details are at DougOster.com. Love for you to come along. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More to come, including Mrs. Know-It-All in just minutes. Yes, he is, and so is she. Right, Doug? That's right. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. And before we start talking watering, what did you think about uh, those plants that are turning yellow for the uh, woman in Maryland? Hey, I wonder about her soil, if it's very heavy clay or if it's a nice loamy soil 
or if it's uh, in, I don't know where she is in Maryland. You know, they have different soils. You know, it could be a very free-draining soil. So that's one thing to look at. But it sounds like she's just not doing enough watering. I would, you know, make, you know, I would pull back some of that mulch and actually look. But she said, you know, in 12 days she watered once thoroughly and then infrequently ever since then. And it's right to water right at the roots. But you have to do it consistently and you have to make sure that you do it, you know, on a regular basis. You know, especially with the heat we've had. It's just been ungodly miserable. I've been out there watering. I agree. Mrs. Noanal and I had a little plant swap of our own, which was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, what else yeah. about watering should we know? Well, you know, like I just said, you know, watering consistently. I use soaker hoses in my uh, vegetable bed and in some of my flower beds. And, you know, I turn it on, you know, for like maybe three hours. You know, people, you know, might cringe at that, but actually soaker hoses don't really give out a lot of water at one time. It slowly moistens the earth. So they're really good to use, and I like using them. But, you know, uh, if you have trees, which I have a brand-new tree out front, it is five gallons of water per caliper of tree, and people don't think about that. So if you have a three-inch tree, you know, that's at least 15 gallons of water a week. And while that sounds like a lot, especially if you're watering by hand, it's very easy to break that up that, you know, one day you do five gallons, another day you do another five gallons, and, you know, that'll keep the tree. And when you water, you should water all the way around a plant. You shouldn't just water in one area, but you do want to do that. You don't want to do what I call magic wand watering, where you see the homeowner out there or you see them in commercials, and that makes me really crazy. (laughs) And they're just taking the hose and waving it back and forth, and they're wetting the leaves, but they're really not getting a lot of water into the soil itself. So, you know, get it down to the roots. And then, of course, you have to think about, and while we normally don't recommend using oscillating sprinklers, for some beds, I will use it. I have a bed in the back that's on a slope. It's very dry. And there's a lot of trees in there. And while I will use a soaker hose on it, periodically during a really hot spell, I will put an oscillating sprinkler on it that it just goes on that bed, not all over the place, and let it moisten all the soil because when it's that dry, what happens is the dry soil actually wicks away the water from where you just watered the plant. So that's something to think about. And, you know, you want to get quality tools too. Now, one of our sponsors is DRAM and I use DRAM. I like their watering wands and they make different ones. And if you have a lot of hanging baskets, they actually make one for hanging baskets so you're not watering yourself in the process. And I like using um, their nozzle. I see advertised on TV, the Internet, these fire hose nozzles. You're not putting out a fire. You know, use it, use it to clean your driveway, but don't put it on your plants. All right, Mrs. Know-it-all. Well, we're hoping for rain. Rob, let's see if we can get a caller in here, huh? All right, sounds good. They've got about two minutes to the break, so let's say hi to Tom in Churchill. Hey, Tom, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey, Doug, I have a, 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 a geranium that I wintered over, and I want to put it outside. Uh, it, it's been healthy. It's nice and green. What do I have to do as far as getting it to, to uh, what do you call, bloom again? 
Well, for, first off, you, you don't want to go just stick it outside. You, you want to take it outside, put it in the shade for a little bit, maybe bring it back in or put it in the shade for a while, and then the next day a little bit of sun and eventually acclimate it to the outdoors. Once that's okay. in place, you know, uh, it, what kind of pot is it in? Uh, it's probably in about a uh, 10 spot. All right. So might want to go up one size, but if not, just once you have that uh, period where it's ready to go outside, get water on it, get some fertilizer on it, and put it in the spot where you love it, and it will start blooming on its own. It'll be good to go. That's great that you overwintered one. Yeah, you know, I have this spot where over the winter, it, it, whatever sun we had, it got. Now, I don't have to cut anything back? No, no, I wouldn't even worry about that at all. The biggest thing that you're going to want to do is, is spend a couple of days, a few days, getting it ready to be outside. You don't, you know, just, it's not going to kill it to throw it right out into the to the hot sun, but it's going to be much uh, healthier if you gradually acclimate it to the outdoors, Okay. Hey, listen, we got time. We got two minutes exactly. Time for one more call. So, Alan, you got about a minute. Go ahead. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good, sir. About a minute. Go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, quickly, I've moved my an asparagus bed I had previously had for about 10 years this year. Uh, whenever I moved it, it was deep. They were about the size of my fist, and it looked uh, little segments were coming up. My question to you, whenever I bought the asparagus, it had long, big, long roots. I didn't get those. Did I, did I miss them? Were they deeper because it was an established bed? And should I be replanting the asparagus bed? Thank you. I'll hang up and listen. All right. Well, that's a tough one there. You know, uh, they're really, really hard to move. <laughs> that's the thing. They are, they are tough to move. Uh, now, all you can do is, now that you've moved it, is, is keep water on them. You know, I would also fertilize them, and then we're just going to have to see what's happening. And I'm, no harvest this year, that's for sure, if this is the first year after the move. Uh, let them, let them uh, get, get going, uh, get big enough, get strong enough, uh, and it, it, it's, there's no way to tell if you've got everything you needed. But, you know, uh, as I said, moving an asparagus bed is tough. Uh, how are we doing on time, Rob? you got 30 seconds, uh, plant swap, and then take us home. Go ahead, man. All right. Yes, join me today at 11 a.m. We're trading plants at Sorgles. Park in the back. Use uh, There's a big sign that says where the deliveries go. Park in the back. You might have to walk your plants up to the table. Giving away lots of cool stuff. Uh, you know, a 3945 tomato, the Limbaugh Legacy tomato. Now, remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer. With each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, great job, Doug. Have a good week. Uh, listen, we're going to get a break in here, and then it's outdoor events, spring parties, graduation get-togethers, and more on the Coons Cooking Hour with Joe and Frank Dentisi, Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA.